Today's episode of the Happy Zen Podcast is brought to you by The Story Engine. Say goodbye to writer's block. Stop struggling and start creating. Generate story ideas, creative writing prompts, and D&D campaign ideas in seconds with The Story Engine Deck. Head to storyenginedeck.com and use the promo code HAPPYZEN to get 10% off your entire order just for being a fan of our show. And now, on to the episode. Some said they couldn't do it. Even more said they probably shouldn't. But here they are, bringing you another episode of the Happy Zen Podcast. Welcome your hosts, Adam and Matt. I always feel like it's such a letdown when you finally hit the record button. It's like nothing really changes other than you're recording. And there's a moment of silence we all don't know what to say. But here we are. Well, first of all, I like to do the moment of silence because I can use that for editing. But that's besides the point. But I don't, and that's usually where I want to jump in and fuck with it. But anyways. And you did. So congratulations. <laughs> All right, we are back on the Happy Zen podcast, and we have a very special episode today with a special guest. We have Steve Jones, who you uh, may know as the gentleman who's put together our awesome intro music and outro music, but he also has a really great YouTube channel under uh, SW Jones Music, where he's doing retro game covers as well as original music. Say hello, Steve. How's it going, guys? Pretty good, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's quality. We got quality guests. I love when guests come on because people will listen to the episodes. We we have reviewed it and realized that people listen for our guests and not us. So this is exciting because we already know we're going to have more listeners. It's true. Oh, awesome. And all Glad the episodes could... from now on will just be guests. It's a theory. <laughs> just start so... saying like Adam's the guest yeah. for like you know every show, or, and then like Matt next week can be the guest. <laughs> Shit, maybe that's onto something. Well, we, we've been doing this wrong for a long time. Well, we have been, but we're still here and people <laughs> still listen, so it's cool. Uh, yeah, so we decided that uh, for this episode, we were going to look back at, uh, I think, a pretty pretty big part of our childhood. If you're a, a Xennial, the uh, NES or the Nintendo Entertainment System, or as we called at the time, just Nintendo, because we didn't know anything else. Uh, we're going to look back at the, our top five Nintendo games. Uh, this should be interesting. We're not necessarily in an, any particular order, although uh, in theory we'll work from back to front, from five to one. Uh, I think we're going to have some overlap. I don't know. What do you think, Adam? I think theoretically, yes, because Nintendo had some big titles that universally, I think, had a huge impact. But then I think there's some outliers that depended on whether your video game store, your jumbo video, or eventual Blockbuster. I guess it was mostly the other ones. It was Independence before Blockbuster really came around on the scene. So, you know, what you had access to for video games would have limited your exposure as well. So I think you're going to be – I think there'll be some some personal flavor, uh, flavors is the word I'm looking for there. Uh, but I think there'll be, some, there'll be a couple of big titles I, I'm assuming is going to be on all of our list. It's kind of like I was talking with my brother the other night, kind of when I was telling him I was going to be on the show. And 
and we kind of started talking about it and just going through kind of memories and our favorite games and stuff and kind of realized how much of the games back then depended on like who you knew that played the same system and like trading and like you know you you trade games for a bit and play it and like so many games could have flown under the radar just because your exposure to it you know you just you didn't have like the nintendo power that at that time or your friend didn't have that game so you know we might have games that aren't on each other's list just because of not being exposed to it yeah and i'm curious i know know there's a couple i've got on my list that were I played, and I'm pretty sure I don't know anybody else who played it. Um, but that, I'm waiting to see if that's the case. Because, I mean, let's be fair, Steve, you, you run a YouTube channel that focuses on Epic Games. <laughs> I think, to me, you're a part of the inspiration for the episode because we've been listening to your YouTube channel. I use nice. it to play video games to not be so angry. Um, mm-hmm. I just I should not play video games anymore. Um, anyways, side Actually, note. That's a, that is a good point. Are you... Um... Are you playing any retro games on the regular, Steve, or are you more into like modern PS4, Xbox kind of thing right now? Um, I think like I, I do play some retro, but it's usually like, I guess, before everything has gone down, mm-hmm. I, you know, couch co-op. Uh, we have like the little like, um, I guess, like emulators that you can put on your TV and went back through and played a ton of games and kind of played it more as a kind of co-op thing with friends, but more so now probably just PS4. Mm-hmm. It's Rocket League. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, I, that's it. I'm in. I'm officially, <laughs> you suckered me in because I'm going to kill people in Leagues of Legends, so I'm done. But yeah. it's not like competitive at all. It's more of a social thing. Like like I'll play with my brother and just chat with him, and sometimes you're not even paying attention to the game. <laughs> it's just kind of more of like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, I wish I had more time for video games, but, you know, life gets in the way. Well, I'm going to tell you, as someone who's made time, regardless of sleep, don't wish that. Because, one, the next generation skill set is so much better on video games, first of all. Their attitude as little shits is unbelievable. What they'll say or type when you're in a competitive type environment makes you want to ask for their address to go punch their faces. In. So I'm just <laughs> gonna say, Silent Bob. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> say, I have. Yeah, I totally get that bit now. Like way more do I get that bit now, and I, I get even the in Marvel when Thor is like losing his mind. I get it. I should not play, and I every time try. To I think I cut out all like old online gameplay against kind of other people. I'm a sucker for punishment, man. I keep thinking I'm going to do well. So anyways. <laughs> well, uh, that wasn't a problem back in 19, well, technically 1985. Uh, the Nintendo was released uh, in a test markets in North America and then fully released in 1986. Listen to this guy. Uh, facts. I, I, I got to come prepared somewhat. Uh, originally launched in Japan as the Famicom or the family computer in 1983. Uh, this is a time when, uh, we were recovering from the video game boom and bust, mostly made up of Atari and just the, just the piles of just crapware that came out. Uh, and a lot of retailers were stuck with it and they didn't want to have anything to do with video games anymore, uh, which is actually why the Nintendo was originally sold with Robbie the Robot, uh, because they marketed it more as a toy than a video game. Uh, 
as for the, our list, it's going to be kind of interesting because there was a total of 712 licensed games that came out for the Nintendo uh, during its lifespan. So it's a huge, uh, huge collection that uh, we could be diving in, although it should be noted the three of us pretty much grew up in more rural areas. Our, our, as we mentioned, our selection was probably a little limited based on our friend circle and what was available at the corner store or wherever you were getting your rentals from at the time. But I, I do think the Nintendo was probably the first system that was either uh, purchased by or purchased for Xennials. Uh, I think the Atari was always sort of our parents' console or, or that generation, whereas the N Nintendo was sort of the, the one for us uh, at that time. So uh, I guess we should just get cracking. Who well, wants to... Uh... Hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what? So it was originally launched with the idea of being the family computer. Could you imagine, like, doing your taxes on a Nintendo? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if it was considered that kind of computer. Uh, although it did have... The, the Japanese Nintendo had a lot more accessories than we had. It had a disk drive. Um, there, I think there might have been a printer or some sort of... Uh, I think there was a modem for for the NES uh, in Japan as well. A lot of weird stuff that we, never, we didn't get. Oh, my God. It, it's funny probably... to think that, like they would have to kind of market it towards something else other than a video game. Like if you think nowadays, like if you just slap video game on anything, it's going to be super popular. Mm -hmm. like it's also a family computer. We You can all sit around <laughs> and do calculations on it. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. Because if it was a video game, I mean, oh, piece of garbage. Yeah. What am I going to do with another game of E.T.? Now I'm starting to think I really want to do some dive on this and I will. I'm wondering, like, did businesses or did anybody try to incorporate the use of this device to only be like greatly let down when all it ever had was video games afterwards? Like, you imagine some company, we're innovative, we're gonna buy everyone <laughs> an NES, and they're at their desk, and then all of a sudden, every worker just hey, we can't games. do anything on this. <laughs> yeah, and, oh wait, yeah, but I can play this game. Look yeah, at my we're Mario. Getting really good at Donkey Kong, though. <laughs> uh, okay, well, why don't we? Uh, do you want? Why don't we let our guest uh, start? Sure. Uh, I guess with. Uh, so what we'll do, we'll do our five. We'll we'll go one at a time, uh, one each. And then I think at the end, we uh, we mentioned we might do some honorable mentions because this was tricky to get down to five for some of us. Yeah, and some of our honorable mentions might be on somebody else's list, so it just takes it out of the, uh, the equation anyways. Mm -hmm. All right, Steve, you're, uh, we're going to put you up uh, first. What's your first pick for your top NES games? All right, so what I have sitting at number five is Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Oh. So I don't like this game itself for me. I don't remember playing it a ton. Like I, I remember watching my brother play it a lot. I just, I don't remember myself. I, I had the system pretty young. Like I think I got it in 87. So I, I was probably like six turning seven. So I wouldn't have been very good at video games whatsoever. And my brother would have been older. So he would have played it. And I just remember watching him play this game. And it's probably one of the most rewarding and yet challenging games for the NES. If any system that, I don't know, it was it's so cool. You were like a tiny little, you were a little Mac going up against these like towering Titans. And just, you know, each time you played it, trying to learn the pattern, trying to learn their moves, getting better at it each time. I, I love that game. The music in that game, I've covered some of the music from that game and 
that's going to be a common thing with the games I pick. Like a lot of the music has kind of stuck with me and resonated. So I, I don't know if that's because these games were so good and I enjoyed it or if, if the music's just that good and I kind of like these games because of the music, but that's probably my number five. I don't know, like to this day, if I've ever beat it, it's a hard thing to remember. I know my brother has, and it was like the Super Bowl when he beat it. <laughs> and I, I remember it specifically. That's an interesting point about the uh, the music uh, and how you'd be coming in uh, from that. Do you find that you get a lot of, um, do you have any like NES uh, songs or, or any of the 8-bit or 16-bit stuff that just pops in your head like in your day-to-day? Oh, a, a lot of a lot of these games yeah. like i'm i'm always humming something from from this genre from this like i guess decade of video games mm-hmm. it, it's in there and even like when i've talked about it i i kind of mentioned earlier that i discussed this with my brother before coming on the show and he'd say like a game and and kind of you'd start thinking about it and bits and pieces of the music would kind of start coming back to me which is really weird like yeah, some of these songs i haven't heard for you know, probably since you played it back then. And yet it's somewhere in there. Yeah, it is terrifying how much this ingrained in our developing brains. So yeah. it just, it's stuck, right? And and then, oh, then again, if we think back to the amount of hours we may have played, it's probably why it's ingrained in our brains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just hearing it over and over and over again. <laughs> and not well, realizing it's such a short length of a song that's over and over repetition because we're so focused on what we're doing. Well, that's that's a good point, because a lot of these games only had like a handful of songs and they were just repeated over and over again. So, yeah, they probably just drilled themselves in your head. And there was something, too, with the way that 8-bit music had. It was so simple in a way because they couldn't do like a ton of, you know, they had a limited amount of space for the song. So they had kind of just like it was very stripped down and simplified. So you got just really awesome melodies. and, And that just kind of is what's you hum probably when you start thinking of these songs. Right on. Adam, what's your uh, number five slot? Well, I want to note right away my comment about honorable mentions. That's mm-hmm. one, of my, one of mine gone. Mm-hmm. Just so that is how easy this will happen for us. Uh, my number five, I'm, I'm hoping you guys don't have this on your list. No. Um, I, I actually went with this because it was one of the first racing games I enjoyed. It had... A different view to it and how the function of the vehicles worked you actually could shoot and destroy each other and leave things like oil slicks and shoot rockets uh, and so it was like the first incarnation of like i wouldn't say mario kart today but you could link elements if you played this now and you grew up on mario kart you grow up. but yeah and it was uh, rc pro-am mm-hmm right and the way the little cars moved and and, and just the way the function was with a gas and a brake and you know, it had it. You had the map view, and you had the, um, you know, your your miles per hour, and your speed, and, and and the cars, the different shapes of cars. But you all had to race the same type of car, so that was at least you know, the 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 fair part of it, right? If if I remember correctly, was that like you would drive straight and then like turn the car left and right? Yeah, you had right? to turn left and right, and if you pushed left, you were basically returning the wheel left. And you had to push gas to make sure it turned. It just ha- didn't go left. Have you played that? As an adult, like I, I feel yep. like those controls would be so foreign nowadays. Yep, it took. Um, this is one of the ones I replayed to try. And uh, first of all, it it 
moves better than you think it would for an 8-bit game, which was kind of cool because it, it had some similarities of how things move today. Uh, but yeah, the weirdness of, you know, the car is coming down the screen, like to the, towards the bottom right of the screen, and you need to turn left. So you have to push left on the, the steering wheels if you're turning left, but on the screen, you visually want to make it go right. So yeah, it, it, it's a lot of back and forth, but then the, the way the cars were always squealing with the tires and so quick to move, but yet not actually moving fast, it's hard to explain. But yeah, uh, it was a great revisit. <clears throat> And I revisited a few racing games, and this one jumped right up to the top. And at the time, this mode of how it went around the screen with your left and right became very much a staple for some of the racing games that came after it because there was, like, rock and roll racing. There was Micro Machines. Yeah, Micro Machines. Yeah, and and Micro Machines was a close tie to this, but I gave it to RC Pro-Am because... RC Pro-Am had that element of the oil slicks and the rockets and like, you know, you could blow each other up if you were a shit racer. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think it, you could pick up repair or was it like wrenches or something? Yep. Like I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who made that game? Uh, hold on. Let me look it up. Well, I can tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was, uh, it was one of the earliest games that, uh, rare produced really later go on to do uh golden eye, uh, Donkey Kong uh, Country, all those games. Yeah, it was a, a perfect dark. <clears throat> that was one of the early ones. That and uh, I think they did Cobra Triangle as well. Yeah, it's similar controls in Cobra Triangle. It's almost exact. Yeah, it's basically yeah. a boat version of that, essentially. Uh, yeah, that was definitely a, like if I had a top 20, that would definitely have been on it for sure. Absolutely. It was a good one. You almost could do like a sports game like list because I, I always kind of think of racing games as, as like a sports game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'm with you there. But then I, I thought about that too. But then Nintendo had, other than hockey and racing, I don't know what else I call sports games I'd want to talk about. Really? Oh wait, actually, hold on. This, this is back. the rabbit hole you're about to go down. I, I take that back. <laughs> there is one that's actually 712 games. <laughs> Never I mind. Can only think of three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I think there was a hockey game. Uh, yeah. Look, that's why the list was easy the first time. <laughs> yeah, it went before you opened your mind and you're like, oh, that was a mistake. Yeah, you ruined it. Uh, okay, I guess it's my turn. My number five slot, uh, speaking of iconic soundtracks, for me, uh, this one is so ingrained in my head that I actually went out and picked up the vinyl soundtrack of this that came out uh, a couple years ago. Uh, it embodies everything that I enjoy from 80s action movies and condenses it into uh, a really hard game, uh, but can be co-op and is fun that way. And the controls are pretty simple and pick up and play. And that is Contra. Uh, the Contra soundtrack, I can, I've never been able to get out of my head. It is always there. I, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. The Konami soundtracks are pretty stellar uh, i i think uh but i don't know contra was that game that was so easy to figure out how to play but was infuriatingly hard at some part uh, some parts but i kept going back even though i'd only see like three levels because you know unless you got the game genie out even with the uh the, the konami code which i think this might have been if not the first one of the first games that had uh, had their code in it but I, I just i love the uh the power-ups the different guns like the machine gun and the the spread gun 
I, I love the um uh, as I said, just like the eighties, it was basically you were like you're like Rambo or like commando. It was like that kind of vibe. But then yeah, it's uh it, it's Nintendo hard, I think is uh is pretty much how I would say that. It's it I can get about three levels in and then it gets real bad real quick. So that's my number five is Contra. Yeah. I remember playing the second one way more than the first one. Like Super C was on my honorable mentions list. Mm-hmm. And it is. Yeah. I don't remember Contra a lot. Like it might've been just one of those games that when it kind of, when it came out, we were playing something else or, you know, nobody that I knew at the time had that game, but yeah, Super C was very similar to Contra. Oh yeah. But it had better guns, it had better gun upgrades in my opinion. Cause I found that the, had the, uh, was it the flamethrower was in the second one. And you could hold it and swing with it. Did the first game have like the over the top view that that Super C kind of switched to every once in a while? No, it um, it did like the the fake kind of three D view on the inter like the the every other level. So it was like behind your character, and you were like it was like a three D shooting thing, and you'd go forward in like into the back of the screen. And then yeah, Super C went with the overhead view for their uh, their second and fourth and sixth mission or whatever it was. All right, so. I'm curious as we go through this list if we're going to be originals or if there's going to be any sequels that jump to the top of the list because there's a lot of good titles that had sequels mm-hmm. that some cases were could be viewed as improvements but in some cases weren't so I'm curious about that too. Well that's you, you get a system that's been around was around for, you know, however many years that it's bound to be quite a few sequels. It'll be interesting to see how late the games go too, because you know, at most, I would imagine most of us at one point, once the next generation came out, we probably transitioned off the NES, but I know there was games that still came out quite late in the life of it. Uh, so yes, uh, Steve, you're up. What's next? Wouldn't it be amazing if you guys, you have me on the show and I, I come on, I'm like, yeah, my number five is uh, Mega Man eight. And then, like, yeah, my number four is Mega Man Six. <laughs> yeah, number Damn three, it. Mega Man. Like, just every Mega Man. Like, uh, wow, I guess three he like Castlevanias Mega- and two Mega Man, and then he left. It was weird. <laughs> I don't know if he liked those games a lot or if he just didn't do his homework. <laughs> All right, so for my number four, uh, I went with the game that I think might be pretty unique to our list is Dragon Warrior. Oh. Now, this game, I remember coming home from school for lunch. We used to live close enough to school that we'd come home for lunch. And my mom surprised me with a Nintendo Power. And it blew my mind. (laughs) And for subscribing to Nintendo Power, you also got Dragon Warrior. What? Yeah. Could you imagine getting a free game for a magazine subscription? Magazine subscription, yeah. So she surprised me with the magazine, which was amazing, and then surprised me with the game. So needless to say, a kid coming home for school at lunch gets a video game. Your mind's blown. But it was one of the first games that I ever owned or kind of played. And I remember being like in one of the earliest kind of levels in that game. You're in like a square box with like a kind of there's stairs, like an icon almost. And you had to like interact with the stairs. So you'd have to put your character over the stairs and then press like a to go like to tell the game that you wanted to go up the stairs, but never playing a game like that in my life. 
I'm moving the character over top of the stairs and I couldn't get out of this room. So like this game just made no sense to me. Like basically to think back to like when you're playing games and you don't even know the simplest of mechanics because video games are that new. Uh But I I, I remember that to this day, just being like, what is this game? Because, you know, from some of the games I played before, you would just move the character from left to right or whatever. And then doing it in this game, it, it was impossible. You couldn't do anything. This game is broken. But <laughs> the re- and that doesn't really mean like, why is it number four on your list? You couldn't even get out of this room. Yeah, so you enjoyed but, the square room. Okay. <laughs> it was a Go great on. line by nine. <laughs> but as you kind of learn to play it and you get into the game, it I don't know if you guys have ever played it, but it had like a huge kind of open world for an NES game. Like you leave the first town and you have this giant map of like mountainous areas there's forests there's deserts there's water and swamps like there's this huge world and you're not really kind of told what to do so as a kid you're playing this game and you're just like this is endless possibilities like it was almost like the the first open world game i ever played and it was uh turn turn based yep yeah and that was pretty kind of weird at first to to be honest because you're used to kind of fighting you know just kind of not turn-based but something about this game just stuck with me like the first rpg i ever played the idea of leveling up your character and finding items that you know made you better and you could buy stuff at stores and use different items like it, it just i don't know it has a soft spot in my heart yeah, I think that was I, I never really played Final Fantasy on the NES, but I had a friend that had Dragon Warrior, and that was probably the one that I played that was that kind of like hardcore RPG on on the NES. I, I definitely remember playing that for quite a while. I don't think I got anywhere close to finishing it or anything like that, but I, I do remember playing it. I, yeah, and, I remember playing it briefly, but I, I found that there was other open world games that I think for me, because that was an earlier title, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember playing some ones that were a little bit later into the thing, like the Star Tropics and stuff like that, that were not so much turn-based anymore, but uh, that was the close, that was more of an, that was the evolution of the open world model they were using. Yeah, it was one of the earlier ones, I think, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. You know, that's actually on the top 100 Nintendo games of all time. I think it's like number two. Really? Yeah. I didn't it's, think it'd be that it's, high. It's quite high, yeah. Did you cheat? No, I, I did look some stuff up. This is an exciting... Listen, we've done topics before, man, but this is actually like this idea of ranking video games that you came up with, well, I'll give you credit for. It's quite exciting. And looking it up was like awesome nostalgia. And then oh, you find... Oh, crazy. The, yeah, and the amount of content that's out there around this and then the opinions. Uh, but that actually... I laughed when you said that because it's it's the top of a lot of people's list is like if in the top five of the games they've considered all time. Uh, for Nintendo. It's a pretty cool call, man. Well, I think this series is still going on, but it's not Dragon Warrior. It's Dragon Quest. Quest? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think when they brought it over, for whatever reason, I don't know really the history, but they went with Dragon Warrior, and then after like a couple titles, they switched it to Dragon Quest. Hmm. All right, uh, Adam, what do you got? Well, now I feel like my game is less of quality because this was just 
um, maniacal. This game was maniacal, and I, okay. I'm trying to remember who I played this the most with. I think it was before I moved out uh, to to be usually to be your neighbors back in when I grew up in Coburg, and I played this with uh, my neighbor and his two older brothers quite a bit, and it was um, a very violent aspect of a game, but it was really fun. And uh, the goal of the game was to collect a multitude of objects that you would put in a briefcase, and then you would <gasps> leave out a door and make I your way to an airplane. All about this game, yeah. So it, it was spy versus spy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And the idea of setting traps and like half the time you knew you could win, but you didn't care because the goal was to just set as many traps as you could to murder the crap out of the uh, the person you're playing against. So it was completely contingent on a two player game, and I think this was for me one of the more repetitive two-player games um, that wasn't a sport game that was easy just to keep doing. And you got to play at the same time, which was always a cool thing when you play Nintendo because games were either going to be you each take your turn or you play together. And if it wasn't Contra or Super C, um, there wasn't a whole lot of them that were completely interactive that weren't sports. So... That, that came to the top of the pile, and this, I can think of hours and hours of just being a deviant, even to the point where you got so good at navigating the map with each other. That I remember my friend and I would actually uh, take turns, so one of us would leave to go like have a snack, or you have to stay outside of the room for a few minutes with the other person set traps, because you could just tell by watching the screen with your eyes where everybody was. So we'd actually do it that way and see if you could get through the level. Yeah, I remember it because it's it's split screen. So you got the top and the bottom. So you could like just sit there and watch as they <laughs> open up a trap that you've set and just laugh at them. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was I, I totally forgot all about that. And I think I own it. I just I don't know. I didn't even there's going to be a lot of that, I think, just completely forgetting games even exist. Well, well when I, you said maniacal, a game popped in my head that <laughs> I never thought of like when I was doing this list, I own the game and it never popped in my head. And just, it's so funny how, yeah. Well, what game is it? Is it Marvel on Marvel Madness. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so when you said maniacal or whatever, I was just like, Marble Madness? Like, oh yeah, that game. <laughs> game exists. Oh, that's right. No, that's, uh, no, Spy vs. Spy was great. Yeah, because I think you could you could play one player, but it'd just be like the computer would control the other one, I think, right? Oh, uh, yeah, it was so easy. It was, and it was just the same pattern over and over again, so you, you really had to play with somebody else. That's a good pick. Uh, my number four, uh, you mentioned earlier sequels. <clears throat> it is uh, a sequel, sort of. It's nothing like the original, uh, which is probably for the best although the original has its fans i'm not necessarily one of them uh it is the only game that i know uh, during the nintendo phase or any other that actually came with a uh, a coupon for uh pizza uh it also had in-game advertising which i did not see during the nes time very often oh my god i can't believe this is in your list and that is teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 the arcade game yep uh, again, nothing like the first Turtles that was on the NES at all. Um, but this game was, I mean, for starters, I mean, again, you got to put yourself in the time. Everything looked really close to like the cartoon for what we were getting on the NES. The, the, the Turtles look like what we saw in the cartoon and, and April and all the villains. There is, um, 
like a lot of different, well, I shouldn't say there's a lot of the same villain. They're just different uh, palette swapped and occasionally have different weapons. Uh, but they had like all the cool, like bosses like Rocksteady and Bebop and Baxter Stockman, I think might be in this one. Yep. Um, but it also had cool things like destructible items and then the manholes that you could fall down. And then like the giant, for whatever reason, you're in a hotel and these giant balls are bouncing down the stairs I don't know why, but it, it, there was a lot of cool, neat stuff. Like this was kind of an evolution from like a double dragon. Uh, you know, it was a side scrolling beat em up, but there was, and the levels weren't just left and right. You sometimes went down. Uh, there was different uh, levels to, to jump up on as well. The controls, I mean, kind of, I mean, I guess you could argue most of the controls for NES were relatively simple, but I mean, it, the controls were pretty easy. You could pick up and play. All the turtles looked relatively like they should. It had pretty neat uh, transition uh, splash pages between levels that kind of told the story. It had very limited voice, uh, very limited voice. And it's like the scratchy Nintendo voice, which I strangely love. <laughs> and then it, uh, it was a really fun co-op game. Like that was a great uh, couch co-op. Get your, you know, your buddy over and, just try to get your way through, uh, just just mashing on the buttons and, and going through. But I, I loved uh, Turtles 2. I remember, I don't know that I ever owned it as a kid. Um, I think I might have had a friend that had it. I just remember renting it uh, quite a lot. And just, yeah, it was, it was great. I never did play the third one as a kid. I played it later as an adult on emulators. But What was uh, the third one? Manhattan or Manhattan something? Project, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely. I had a friend one. that had the first one, and that game would drive us mental. It was so hard. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think a lot of the why the second one was so good was that the first one. You know, if you were obviously a kid in that time frame, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would be like massively popular. So then you're playing the first one, and it's like super hard for for like to today's standards would still be super hard. And then all of a sudden, the second one comes out, and it's more of just like a beat 'em up. Uh, great looking game that's just super fun. It, that's and probably a reason why the second one stands out that much more. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and I wonder, and I just wonder, because this is one of the games that I didn't go back and play Turtles 2 because I remembered it. I remember everything you described, I remembered. But I actually had this real inclination to play the first Turtles again. And playing it as an adult, way more enjoyable still ridiculously hard <laughs> but it felt more rewarding because of where it just made more sense whereas a kid i think it was actually a little too complex i think it was a little too hard it was a little too they did well but i think what they did was they they, they built it maybe for the the game developers that were developing it maybe they made it for themselves and not necessarily the young audience like you said steve yeah, that would be all over board. the turtles, right? Yeah, the second game was okay. Let's make it for the people that are actually the fans watching the show, <laughs> and then that worked. The other one's actually just a good video game. I thought it was it was better older, and I was surprised. Did you play any of the water levels? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're hard. The hardest thing on earth. Yeah, they're hard. <laughs> Electrified they're hard seaweed game. or whatever it was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But and the one thing I noticed in uh, I remember I, the first one I remember seeing it. And the second one, I can remember it, but I always felt like Leonardo's swords were so short. It was like he had knives instead of swords. 
Mm-hmm. But it was just such a delusions. It, it was annoying because he was my favorite turtle. So all of a sudden they like downgraded his arsenal. So it was so annoying. I just think for for it being because it was originally an arcade game. Um, for that, for what they got on the NES and the power difference between an arcade machine and the NES, like even if you sit still. And then, like the turtle, their their head will face the screen, or they'll blink, like just little things that they threw in. I just, it's very impressive when you look at like that compared to definitely like the first, you know, year of games on the NES. What they were able to jam in that game was quite impressive. I thought it's kind of like back to Mike Tyson's punch out. Like I kind of watched a bit of history on that game, and like they made a whole new chip that went into the game itself. That like because the system couldn't really like do what they wanted to do with 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 that game really? it's it's crazy interesting if, you, if you're bored one day just look up the history of that game because it originally came out like it had two screens on an arcade game right and, yeah. and they you, it didn't really port well to to the nes so they had to come up with all this new technology just to get that game to look the way it it does yeah and that Pretty seemed to amazing. be like an, a Nintendo thing. Like even when they released the Super Nintendo, I remember there was a lot of talk about the varying chips that they'd have to throw in their games to get them to do different things. Like they had the, uh, what the hell was the chip? Um, the, the one that gave the, the Mode 7 graphics. So like for F-Zero, for example, that like 3D plane or like uh, Super Star Wars, uh, Super Empire Strikes Back, that kind of like that view of the the ships and stuff that that, 3d that was a chip they had to add and then later on they added like the super fx chip for things like um oh geez i can't remember the name of the game but yeah the nintendo just they just kept jamming stuff in their games because they're like oh yeah we didn't build a system nearly powerful enough pizza coupons inside the game itself (laughs) but yeah but it also probably saved our parents and maybe us you know at some point a a small fortune because you weren't upgrading the console well, yeah, the alternative would have been something like the 32X, which did not exactly pan out for Sega. Yeah, they'd be releasing a new game system like every year as technology. Yeah, because it was just flying back then. Yeah, it was flying back then, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Steve, what do you got next? Well, this one I think is going to be on everybody's list. Oh. But um, for me, my third list is the third game in this series and that is super mario 3 yeah 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 yeah. i Never kind of, of <laughs> i i almost didn't want to put this on the list just because of, of the popularity but i think with the amount of time that that i've spent playing this game to not have it on the list would would not wouldn't be fair just, I, i'm with you a thousand percent and it is on my list and i didn't want to put it there but you couldn't make the list without it yeah, that's kind of when I, I had six and I hummed and hawed about, you know, when I, I started with eight, and when I got it down to six, I was like, you know, I have to put Super Mario 3 on this list. Like, I don't know what needs to be said about this game, but I think the main thing with this game that was probably the best for me is the replayability of it. Like, and you could go back now and play it and it, it would still be, you know, obviously it's, there's like, what is it? Super Mario 35 is out now. Like this game's still going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And one of the best pass the controller back and forth games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It was good for that. Really good for that. You know, you had, Oh, let me try this level. And then if you died, you just, you know, pass the controller to the next guy. 
whoever and let them let them play. So it wasn't like a co-op game like some of the other ones, but definitely pretty awesome for that. Well, they maybe, had that. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like maybe the smoothest ga- gameplay for NES. Like I felt like it controlled like, I don't know, it was perfect. The, no, the, I, the I jumping agree. was incredible. I agree that the gameplay, the reaction to it, it, it totally stepped it up. And I was in a comment about your passing the controller piece. I mean, I think that was one of the first times it was the, the landmark method was used for levels. Yeah. So crap went wrong. You, you, we all felt comfortable with, well, we only got to go back to here if this goes bad. Yeah. yeah. And the levels were designed so that they weren't super long. So even if your you know, buddy is doing well, they're going to be done the level in a few minutes tops and then you'll be playing. So yeah. there wasn't that like, oh, they're going to play for six hours while I watch them play. Great. But it was a lot of levels, too. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. one of I remember on a weekend or something, my brother and I would be like, OK, we're going to beat Super Mario 3 without warping. Like we're going through every level and, and just like beating the game. Like how how cool is that just to sit there and that's play. a lot of hours when you think back. Oh, yeah. But what else are you going to do on a Saturday as a kid? Like, I'm just playing video games all day. Yeah, no, 100%. And you're, you're right through it. And then there's a Sunday night at 7 o'clock. You're like, everything's crashing down because the, the Monday's about to hit. You, you you really shouldn't be doing this. Your parents are kind of watching over their shoulder. Like, are they seriously still playing video games? And there <laughs> you are in, like, World 8. Like, come on, I'm almost there. Life goals. I'm going to beat <laughs> Super Mario 3 without warping. <laughs> when I go back to school on Monday, I'm telling everybody. Yeah, I'm going to be a legend. As soon as you said it, I actually felt a sense of achievement going, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is a thing. Well, that is easily on the list. I, it, it's got it, Matt, it's got to be on your list. I can't say. Well, we could just add from our extras because we all have extras. So just you know, <laughs> bear in mind. Okay. Well, you're up next. So you tell me what your, uh, your next one is. Well, actually, Super Mario 3 is there. Um and I, I was tossing the coin between these two. So since Steve said Super Mario 3, I'm going to go to my other third title, which was Castlevania 3. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked this before a few reasons. One, you can beat the game, uh, beat the game, and then play it again and actually have a completely different experience. Because you didn't always use – you know, you there was – there's opportunities to have different characters be introduced and used, which actually gave the opportunity for the game to, to go in different directions. So that part was really cool. The fact that you didn't have to be just, you know, uh, Belmont, you actually could be these other characters. Um, I thought that was kind of cool because it gave different abilities to the game. And I just, I always liked the Castlevania storyline games, although they weren't the best play all the time. I felt the third one had a little bit better of a flow to it there's there as they did with every title they did clean stuff up i do argue a point that eventually there's some title nintendo where they as they got to the end of the life cycle of the system and they were you know battling with whether it was going to be a super nintendo title or a nintendo title they they took things to another tried to go to another direction which kind of ruined a few games but in, in this case uh, castlevania 3 is still in that place where it was a happy place to be there uh going through and I know there was a big, deep storyline with the Belmont family and all that. As a kid, I didn't appreciate it. As an adult in reviewing it, I'm like, this was a really cool storyline that like tied into a family and battling Dracula for their lifetime. And then 
it, it actually had an awesome storyline to revisit. Um, replayed the game. I'm just going to say I held on to my childhood memories, and that's why it made the list. <laughs> did you own it as a kid, or did you just have friends or rent it? Or This was a rental. Yeah. This was a rental. So maybe if I owned it, who knows, maybe I would have burnt out a bit more. But uh, I don't know. I did I did really enjoy this title. And yeah, to never... be fair, oh, sorry, I enjoyed this title. And uh, the day when we come to the Super Nintendo conversation, I'm very surprised I don't have Castlevania on that list either, because the two titles I thought from three to Super Nintendo were quite close, close and linked. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say Castlevania 3 is like kind of w- widely the most popular Castlevania game for the NES for sure. The only one that I have is Castlevania 2. Yeah, the I own that one too. Notorious, just if you didn't know what you were doing and you didn't have a book or something to tell you, good luck. Because you were just, there was some, just some banana stuff in that game that you had to just know. Yeah, there's I, no way you could play that game and just figure it out. It's so crazy and so odd. I, I think say, that's why number three, like just kind of like Ninja Turtles, number three went back to more of just a straightforward, um, less crazy and cryptic game. And it, that's why number three is that much better, I think. Or maybe not better, but just that much more liked. Well, and I think the the music through all those Castlevania games is pretty, pretty great uh, as well. Actually, Konami was just good i think with music in general for yeah, most of their they games were really good all right so castlevania 3 well i guess now's the time to say that my number three is also super mario brothers 3 <laughs> so i guess i could just save my points that have probably already been said uh I, look i think mario 3 was definitely i i think it was definitely peak 8-bit Mario, um, you could probably argue that Super Mario World was the, uh, as I say, probably some some would say it was the best 2D Mario. I guess that could be debatable, but definitely for the NES, it took everything that they learned on all the other games, and it's just it's so polished. It, the graphics are great. The animation, the movement, like if you run and then you stop to go the other way, you see his body kind of twist. Like there's, there's a lot of things that like a lot of work they put into it. The level variety in that game is crazy. Like every world being a different theme, uh, you know, so, and the, the power-ups, like the warp whistles and, you know, the P-wings and then the suits, like they added so much to the game. It's, and then, I mean, oh God, I go, the secrets, the the gambling, the, the mad gambling that was going on in this game. I don't know, like. <laughs> If some guy executive at Nintendo was on a casino kick, but I don't know how many like casino like aspects are built into this game. It's just I, I think it's I, I have a real soft spot for the first Mario, probably because it was obviously the pack-in game, so you spent a lot of time with it. But um I remember seeing this game show up in the wizard. And I remember that being the big deal about the wizard. And I remember kids talking about that and how, oh my God, there's a Mario three. Like at first we didn't even know if it was real. And then it's the only time that I can think of in my life that my parents did something really weird with my birthday. Cause I got it for my birthday 
whenever the birthday was after he came out. And I remember I opened up my present and it was just a note that said, look under here. And I look under there and there's a note that took me. But basically it was a scavenger hunt through the whole house until finally I found Mario 3. I was ecstatic. I, I could not believe like this was a household that we got our Nintendo fairly late. All my friends had Nintendo before me. So to get it relatively soon after it came out, I was, and I don't know what it costs. Like I've seen numbers. It looks like the Nintendo games with inflation were actually quite expensive. If you, yeah, they're like a hundred bucks a pop. Yeah. So it was a big deal, but I just remember this game being like, uh, I mean, everything you guys said, it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how you could make it better on that system. I think they pretty much maxed it out. That's uh, it. Yeah. I, I never owned, like I didn't get the first Mario with the system. We bought this system without a game cause it was cheaper. You know, oh, okay. one controller probably. Yeah. Um, I, we never owned any super Mario game and to, for it to be like that massively popular for me and never having owned it. Like how did I play this so much <laughs> and not, not have a physical <laughs> copy? Like just, trading with people at school every like week for super mario 3 yeah like yeah it was the it was the title like it was the go-to every i don't know anyone that played nintendo that doesn't have a memory of mario 3 but anyway i've talked to some people this week about the fact that we we're going to do this in the show and the same thing like even my wife who's not an avid gamer who like favorite game was tetris um remembers mario 3 she could tell me about mario 3 like i, I struggled to find anyone that had that discussion. Even my kids that are young and I've exposed them to eight but eight big games, Mario Three is the one that they stands out. So yeah, it just it just it hit all the marks, right? Do you think there's a list like if you looked at like the top fifty, one hundred NES games, is there a list that doesn't have Super Mario Three as number one? I can't imagine. Oh, yeah, and, oh yeah. yes, yes, there is. What? I found maybe one. a personal list. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is a list. Um. There is a list. It's there. I think it's second. And actually, one of the games I have on my list was the same number one. And I'm sure I'm almost willing well, to I guess. I think he was saying it, it's game. not on the list at all. Oh, no. No, no. Um, <laughs> no, I think number I can see it being number one on like every yeah. every top list. Yeah. So, no, I found one that it was it was not number one. It was number two. But I know what you're saying because I was looking at a bunch of them. And basically, it was number one on just about everything from IGN yeah. to CNET to you name it, like anyone out there. But I did find one that had, uh, I'll have to find the, the link to it so I can substantiate my claim. Just a guy that was just like, you know what? No, I'm not doing it. I'm not following the rest of these guys. It was actually IGN. There it is. I, I, I saved, I bookmarked these links. Super Mario Brothers 2, baby. Number one. <laughs> I didn't mind Super Mario Brothers. Uh, no, sorry, no. I I, I'm just I, saying. I, 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 sorry, I was wrong. Correct me. Uh, <laughs> correct myself. Sorry, folks. Super Mario was number one on IGN. Okay. Shit. It is in here. I will find I'm not it. edit that out. <laughs> you never edit anything out, I say. All right. All right. Uh, next up, we got Steve. What do you got next? Uh, number two for me is Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. <gasps> really? Yeah. This was definitely an honorable mention. I, I this We'll talk about that later, but go on. For me, this game, like, to combine kind of the the over-the-top gameplay of the open world that kind of made number one so popular. And then to combine it with, like, the side-scrolling action. Like, this this game, this was close to being my number one game. Like, it, it, just something about 
the way that this game, the music in this game was incredible. Like the way you built up, like you learned new skills, like halfway through the game, you, you can do like a downward thrust with your sword and like to add a mechanic, like a new mechanic like that so far into the game was at the time kind of really such a new thing to be like, Oh, I can do this now. Like you actually felt like you were growing with the character, which kind of sounds crazy now, but you know, you, you could learn spells and, and do different spells throughout the game. And just the, the progression of the character. Like I know a lot of people don't like number two as much as kind of some of the other, you know, number one obviously was, was huge, but I, I missed the bus on number one, but number two for me, like uh, very close to being my favorite game on the NES. Well, that answer the question I was going to ask you was, was did you play the first Zelda much or at all? I did play it, but it was like way after. So I, I think what happened is, you know, you play two and you fall in love with that game and then you go back and play one and you're like, oh, this is just different. Yeah. You know, it's you don't have the same kind of when you go to a town, you wouldn't kind of go to the, the, the side scrolling. It, it was just all, all over the top and which is fine. Like if, if I played the if I played the first one first, I'd probably have that one on my list instead of number two. And, like and it's funny you say that. Cause I think, yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Cause for me, like the, the second one was definitely my favorite as well. And that was, I think because I had a friend that had it and we used to just, you know, stay up as late as we could and just try to progress through it. And then I ended up getting a copy myself and, that was the one that uh, that I I've spent most of the time on. I didn't play the first one till much later, um, but yeah, I, I agree. Same thing. It's um, I like the progression. I like the leveling up. It, it's kind of like uh, it, it added more of the RPG elements to yeah. the Zelda game that the yeah, first one the didn't. Secrets, finding the heart containers and stuff. Yeah, it, it was so rewarding. So there was also a lot of weird weird stuff in that game, like. You just go into a town and talk to a guy and you'd be like, I am error. I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> like, is he That's an one of the most error? famous? <laughs> it, it, they li- literally forgot to like, whatever, put his, like his name into the game. <laughs> so it's like, I am. And literally it's an error. Like how amazing is that? Yeah, no, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a good pick for sure. I was actually playing that the other night cause I wasn't sure if it was going to crack my, uh, my top five, but uh, it's definitely an honorable mention for me. Like when you're fighting the knights with the shield and you're going like up and down, yep. like that, like gameplay like that just didn't, it felt so real and unique to that game. Like it, it I, I remember coming across like, you know, a blue knight and a red knight and just being like, oh my God, I, I don't know if I can do this. Like <laughs> I, I gotta true. go like, I gotta turn back and like regroup or something. Yeah. Well, I was playing the other night and, uh, I was in one of the castles and there's, I don't know what they're supposed to be, but they're basically like a, a skull head in like a flashing circle. And they just bounce through the castle at you and you can't kill them. And my wife came in and she's like, why do you keep running away from them? I'm like, because you can't do anything else. So you'd you leave kill the, them, but it takes like forever. Yeah. You'd leave the room and then come back. So it would reset. And then I like hope that you could get past them. But uh, yeah, it was my first castle. I wasn't going to get it. anyways. Yes, I agree. Zelda two. Good game. What I remember drawing, like taking a pencil and a piece of paper and drawing out the castles in that game, like yeah. trying to figure out where to go. Like, could you imagine doing that nowadays? You're like drawing a map of the game. 
<laughs> oh god, imagine a big baby. <laughs> oh, it'd be insane. I can't remember. Is that one? I think that one has a castle or two in it where you're. Don't you have to go through it in a certain way or you just keep repeating? Or am I thinking of different I think that maybe the last castle is like it. you have to like find a secret to like get out of it. Otherwise, it loops or something. Yeah, I remember it was something weird like that. I'm just like, what? But that's a good one. Uh, Adam, what do you got? Well, I actually had the original Zelda. That was next on my list. And and the differentiator between the two, and I think what it boils down to is, is what Steve kind of said. When I got my Nintendo system, mine came with Zelda. So it was my first title. Mm-hmm. So I played that religiously. You know, that it was, it was, I was very fortunate. I got the system that had the Mario, Duck Hunt, and Zelda uh, all bundled together. And in that, uh, yeah, you know, Mario's Mario. I didn't really care for Duck Hunt, Duck Hunt overly that much, uh, but Zelda, I loved it. It was it was my gateway into probably the video game. So I think it holds a special place because it was the one that really, really got me drawn on to the the, the Nintendo, uh, which I you know inevitably would have been there anyways. But and I just the the length of the game, the structure of the game, and still one of my favorite components of all Zelda games, particularly the Super Nintendo one, was upgrading your sword. And getting to do that in the first one so rewarding, even though it's just a color change. Um, it was just so rewarding of a of a of a thing to achieve. And again, you talked about mapping out castles. We're mapping out this island, like and moving and as the map went through you, trying to map it out because there were sections of desert where you had to remember up, up, left, right, right, left, up, like to get to the bases, <laughs> right? I remember those. And if you didn't do it, you're pissed off because you're at start again. So, anyways, yeah. I'm not gonna go too deep into that because I think a lot of the things you said about Zelda 2, I really appreciate it too. Like the advancement of it, looking back now. But for me, Zelda 1 just held a special place because it was like a gateway. But thinking yeah, back now, really, like you're making me, you know, if I were to pick between the two titles right now to put on the emulator to play, I probably would pick the second one. The second one might be more fun to play, but it, yeah, it's, for whatever reason, the first one, you know, you got that nostalgic that's and that's really what hung hung on to that was hung on to that was the nostalgia piece. But to sit down and play right now for having some mechanics, having the challenge, having the look and the feel, the second one was a great improvement as that title would skyrocket through Nintendo and still, you know, move along as one of the main pillars and cornerstones of this of the uh, the games for the system. Right. I watched a kind of a, a documentary or whatever made about the first Zelda, and one thing that is amazing about that game is there's no hand holding. Like you were just like plopped into the middle of the first screen and you're like, you had this massive open world. Like they, they did a good job, like blocking off where you could go, but it felt organic. And like, you were just this little dude on this adventure. And you know, if, like you said, it's your, one of your first video games ever. It'd be mind blowing to be like, wow, this game is the scale of this game is massive. Especially when you compare it against like, you know, Super Mario and Zelda were the two games you had, like the first Mario. So you had the side-scrolling Mario. Yeah, that was cool. But then when you put Zelda, I'm like, holy crap, there's purpose. Like, it felt like there's a deeper purpose. Yeah. And I had to figure that purpose out. Mario was just left or right and don't fall down a hole and get lit on fire. Like, just and don't touch things. You can jump on them, but don't touch them. Zelda was like, not only do I touch them, I whack them with this sword and they fucking die. <laughs> so I also had, cool. like, boss battles, which was really, really cool for Zelda. Like yeah. Super Mario had some, 
I guess. Yeah, just get under kind of have the over. same one over and over again, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the same routine. If you just were going fast enough, it was just timing the jump or not jumping. But yeah, fair enough. Well, definitely the first the first Zelda. I mean, again, you look at the time. There wasn't really anything like that. Definitely not on the consoles. I guess on PC there was, you know, there was RPGs to an extent, but it was very much yeah, very um, easy for someone to pick up and get into versus like a computer RPG at the time, which was way more focused on trying to replicate like the pen and paper Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing. So I think it was it was definitely the first um, mass uh, mass played and at different levels, like, you know, parents would play, kids would play. But it is interesting, like that's the style they went back to for the um, for Link to the Past, right? They did. They went back to the overhead. Yeah. So I don't know how well the second one actually did. I never really looked at the numbers, but it's uh, you, you definitely it's, have your it's up there. Yeah, it's up. It's up there in a lot of lists. I mean, I remember it's seeing not it as high lot. as number one. That's for well, sure. No. Like from what I no, seen. but it, it makes a lot of lists. So it's not like it's out of 712 games and we see a lot of lists that are like 20, 50, 10. It tends to be in most of those lists. Yeah. So. So there's lots of merit, and you 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 highlighted it well, and making me think back to the evolution of your sword fighting skills and having to, those fucking knights. My God, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, like you had to like hold your breath and go because you knew it was a big moment. And then, I think yeah. just the free, yeah, the freedom in in your sword play in the second one compared to the first one. So like if you played the first one, you might have fell in love with it, and then the second one changed it. So you might just not like it for that reason. Yeah, but playing the second one first and then going back to the first one, it was just really weird. Yeah, no, I, I can see, I can see that. that. You be slightly broken. Well, uh, so I guess I'm up. So my next one is, let me see here. It's no, your list is changing. I can totally tell. <laughs> no, it's not. I was trying to figure out how to introduce it. So for a while, Capcom had the Disney license. And released some really, really good uh, NES games. But the one that I have on my number two spot, one that's so popular that has actually been re- remastered fairly recently, last couple of years, uh, is DuckTales. The, uh, the original DuckTales. Uh, it, everything about this game, I, I pick up this game and play it all the time. Like I, I still play it now. I've never found a game that has so many secrets and so much just everything about it. Like I, I, and I, it's all in my head for some reason, it's all mapped in my head where all the secrets are, how to get through the levels and stuff. And it, it's, it's a beautiful looking game. Like it's very, very close to how everybody looked in the cartoon. You have all the major players from the, from the cartoon, uh, all the the villains and the 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 nephews and you've got launchpad everybody's involved in some way uh the variety of uses of his cane be it the golf swing or the pogo uh, i mean there was a lot going on in the game but it's just i don't know why but i just i love it it's it's just so much fun for me and the music is again ingrained in my head I don't know what it is about this game. I don't know why I I love it so much. It's a simple game to get into, but there is a lot to master. Like I guess you could get really good at like the Poe going around and stuff, but this was just one that I remember a friend had and I was so envious of them having it. I remember 
when I finally got a hold of it, I just I, I love it. And then they did the remaster a couple of years ago and it's good. It's I don't know. I lose some of the charm, I think, but it's very and actually you can flip between, I think, the retro look and the, the new look on the, the remaster as well. But I don't know. DuckTales is just one of those games I always go back to when I if I hook up my NES or if I play an emulator, I usually play a couple of rounds of DuckTales. I never I don't remember this game, really. Oh. I, I saw it on the list when I was looking through like the, the top 100 list the other night and I saw it and it was it was number 10 on this list. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just remember thinking, like, I don't really remember this game. I vaguely like I'm looking at kind of screenshots of it now and I, I kind of remember. Like. Seeing it a bit, but I, I just I don't know, it flew under my radar. Yeah, and you could you could pick what level you wanted to start with. So you, it was kind of like like the Mega Man ish thing where you could start whatever level you wanted to. So they had like uh, the, I think there was the moon, the Amazon, there was like Transylvania. I forget what the other ones were. Uh, I think there was maybe a, a winter or Arctic one. I think Capcom did some great NES ones. Chippendale Rescue Rangers was another one that I played yeah, a lot. Yeah, I own that one actually. Yeah, Duh, that, that was, was on game. my honorable mentions. Yeah, because <laughs> the really, graphics in that game were great. That's it what it so was good. for me. It was the graphics. The Capcom element was really strong. The graphics, the functionality of Chippendale, and I think for me it was just the right time and the right age. I, I liked Ducktales, but I actually found Rescue Rangers more fun of a television show. So the timing of that one made it more. I like the show better than I like the Ducktales show. So it just that that relationship to it. Mm-hmm. But your the elements of what made Ducktales good to you, Matt, I think it is what would make any video game strong. So there, and I don't disagree that Ducktales was a very enjoyable title, and it certainly was in my you know as I was narrowing down the 2015 10, it, it was still in the 10 pile. Like for when you look at NES, like a lot of the games you got like. You know, Castlevania, uh, Zelda, Mario, for DuckTales to be in the top 10 or top like whatever 20 of, of some of these lists like that. This says a lot about the game itself. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I mean, I don't know now, like if you went back, like if you had never played it, I don't know how it would turn out. I, I don't know how much of it is because I, I'm so used to playing it. I, it just comes second nature to me. But uh I don't know it's got to be popular enough that it's on these lists, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I can't be that crazy, but maybe I am. Uh, I did look it up in terms of um, just watching some YouTube videos on stuff, and it did feel like it held up better than some of the games I was watching. Mm-hmm. Like, just reviewing some stuff. I'm like, oh, this this holds up, whereas some other titles I was looking at, like Cobra Triangle, I'm like, ooh, that doesn't <laughs> hold up. <laughs> no. So, Kung yeah. Fu. <laughs> kick, oh, man. kick, kick, kick. <laughs> All right, I think we've come down to the finals here. Steve, what do you got? All right, so for my... I, I, I was thinking, I wonder how many... Uh, well, I guess for Adam it, it won't be, but how many favorite, like the top five, I guess your favorite one would be the first game you owned. It'd be interesting to see if you... I know it's not for Adam, because obviously... It's not mine, no, no. But this game was the first game we ever owned for the system it was my first video game i ever owned and i remember being at the store and picking a game because we got the console without the without any game i think my dad wanted it as a calculator for family calculator (laughs) night (laughs) but being at the store and looking at like the images on the game and i had we we laughed to this day my brother and i like 
the two game choices that we could have had. And one of them was Wizards and Warrior. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And it had like the, the artwork for that was like realistic, kind of like epic warrior. Yeah. Such a letdown. And, and the game I'm about to mention, and it's like 8-bit pixelation. And that was Kid Icarus. Oh. Oh, wow. Really? Really? And we went with Kid Icarus. I don't know why. Like to this day, my brother and I laugh. Like imagine we pick Wizards and Warriors and we start playing it and it's too hard. And it's like, oh, video games suck. And then I go like become a doctor or something. (laughs) But now it's like, oh, Kid Icarus is amazing. And now I just make video game music from like 30 years ago. That yeah, you you guys really dodged a bullet because yeah, Wizards of Warrior you would have thrown. Hold on, time. hold on, hold on. Let's not let's not uh, hate on Wizards and Warriors. It's not that bad. No, it, it's not. It's not like hold as on, hard as Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. Oh, yes, it's up there though. It, it made you question your ability to play or desire to play video games. We did. I remember we went back and played Wizards and Warriors and and, and ended up beating it, but it was not Kid Icarus and for me no a kid Icarus was fun i thought that was a fun game no it, by the only one doing that research was- on it like it, it, people said it was like notorious for being extremely hard and i don't really remember like obviously being your first video game you had no comparison yeah but i i'm trying to i, I remember yeah i'm, I'm pulling up images i'm trying to re- i remember the side scroll yeah 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 the shooting it, the arrows. it did yeah. a lot of things like it had side scrolling there were levels yeah. where you kind of jumped up and you went vertical as yeah. this kind of um you know as you jump to different platforms that level would progress that each level there was like one dash one one dash two one dash three one dash four and one dash four of or like two dash four three dash four it was always like a dungeon and it kind of played out like a zelda dungeon where you started in a screen and you could go like up to the next level you could go right to the next screen left or down like you could go any which way and it was kind of like a puzzle aspect and it was pretty cool because you had just it wasn't straight just left to right every every level and great music in that game like if i go back and listen to anything from that game i can remember just all of it it's so good it had boss fights like there was a you fought the you know cerberus in that game it was a two-headed dog you had the hydra fight uh the giant one awesome thing about this game is in the first kind of three acts leading up to the final act you collected different items you had got like wings or armor in a shield and in the last level you got to wear it all and be this like epic warrior for the last medusa fight and I remember that being just so awesome. Like, oh, all these items that you've collected, now you get to use them. And kind of, you couldn't fly throughout the game, but now you could. Like, it just, that progression. And being my first game I ever owned, it was amazing. A little bit of factual tidbit, because I'm just looking this up while you're having this, you're sharing your, your nostalgia with us. Did you know that in 2019, an unopened copy of Kid Icarus sold for $9,000? Jesus. Yeah, and, <laughs> Not that, and, and I saved up for that money. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it was a tough nine thousand to spend, but I had yeah. <laughs> yeah, still haven't unopened. I still haven't opened it yet. Yeah, but uh, it was a more rare title as well because I remember coming across Kid Icarus way later. Um, it was something my my uh, aunt and uncle had, and they used to actually. It was rare because of them being adults, uh, because it'd be the equivalent of what we are today, age wise. Allegedly. Uh, they, 
they actually had, would buy Nintendo games. And so, and they didn't have kids. So I'd go over there and they would have, and I guess that's why they could afford Nintendo games. So I'd go over there and they'd have games. And that's where I played a lot of different titles because they would buy different titles from different parts of the area. They wouldn't buy from the same place I did or the same Zellers or rent from the same places. So there was different titles. And I was introduced to a lot of different games that way. And Kid Icarus was one of them. So that's why I do have the experience around it. Although I never did borrow it because I remember it, but I remember it being somewhat challenging. Yeah, I remember like as as I grew up and talking about like Kid Icarus, like it, so many people didn't play it. It just was one of like one one of the games that just kind of maybe got buried under all the other popular titles. I think it was it. A, it was a pretty early release, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. It was eighty seven, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's early. I yeah, uh, so. I I didn't get to play it at all as a kid. I played it much later, so I I don't think I ever saw it um, from at friends or or local store or anything like that to rent. I One really the, am looking at the box and going, "You guys picked it on these images." <laughs> I know, like, <laughs> if, if go look at Wizard and Warriors and then look at that one and be, I, like, I don't even know what there's like a, a little angel dude and then yeah. like a blob. Yeah, a blob and then a little brown flying thing. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're, you're, you know what? The expectations were set and they were achieved. So maybe that's a good relationship because Wizards and Warriors would have just pissed you off that here's the artwork, you load it and you go, uh. Yeah, yeah. Maybe for the first one. But if it was Wizards and Warriors 2, Iron Sword with Fabio on the front, then maybe you might have gone for that one. There's a quote I that I, I, I jotted down for Kid Icarus for some reason, but. The quote was, it was one of the first big NES games to show that the system went way beyond offering the single screen arcade style experience. So, yeah. Nice. So did you land on Kid Icarus as your number one very easily in making this list? I, once I, like, I didn't do them five to one in order. Like I just kind of picked my five. And then when I did sit down to say like, okay, what was going to be my number one? Yeah, it was, it was an easy choice. Zelda two was right with it but uh, just the more the fact that kid Icarus was my first game just adds so much more kind of i never even owned zelda 2 and it makes me think <laughs> there's probably a little anecdote for each of us in our number one because i know there's a reason why my game's number one on my list and it, there's a reason to it so it's like your reason with it being your first your first title well go on mega man 2 Oh, Mega Man finally shows up. Mega Man 2, and to be fair, I I loved this game so much that I will still defend many of the other Mega Man titles until they added an X to the title. But other than that, the the standalone Mega Man and then a new number of uh, 1 through 5, 6, 7, whatever, it's fine. They put the X in, I I can't defend those. Um, But Mega Man 2 was just... I mean, don't ever go play Mega Man 1. Don't, don't ever do it to yourself. But Mega Man 2 was they just decided, okay, we're going to give this a go. We're going to give a solid effort. And that game, I remember playing that game, and then you had to turn it off, and it had the feature to take the grid, and you had to mark, mark down where the little circles were in the grid, and that was your passcode mm-hmm. to pick up where you left off. And like there must have been 300 sheets of paper in where I put my Nintendo because <laughs> of all the, and you had to like date it because you couldn't remember. And then you had to write down who it was you beaten to remember that code. And then when I finally, I didn't figure it out right away, but once I figured out that if you beat them in sequence, 
you could use the powers and it made the boss so much easier to kill, which I picked up from a, a game. I was a game power, Nintendo power. And I mean, logically the light bulb went off and went, yeah, killing metal man before you fight Woodman to use the buzzsaw on Woodman, That makes a lot of fucking sense. And then all of a sudden you just have this epiphany going, wait a second, this will, once you figure it out, who killed what and like you would go back i would go back and read my different nintendo powers and like try to look it up to find out how the fuck do you kill crash man this guy's killing me and then once you figure it out if you had the right weapon like the right power from the 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 defeated enemy then you would kill them in like three or four hits at the most if not it took you for like eight thousand shots to kill the guy and in some cases the weapon would actually be deflected and it would be useless against them and like, how disappointed were you when you showed up and you had used up all the resources of your wood shield, thinking that wasn't going to be the one you needed, to get in there to find out that all the other ones didn't work? Because you had to try them all. You had to quickly switch, shoot a couple, then ping off them, change the next one, ping off them, and then you died. You pissed off. And then you had to write down, okay, what ones didn't work? Go back in again, do it again. Um, and, and the whole concept of defeating them all, gaining all these abilities that you could keep using and switch mid-level and you needed these abilities to do other levels you could challenge yourself and try to get through different levels without them but you would eventually hit a roadblock that made it so much harder and then you would get the ability do the level and go oh my fucking god this takes three seconds with the ability i was fighting it for two hours desperate to get through it so that kind of stuff was so fun to challenge it and then to replay it it, it held all the value it was the first game i replayed in this conversation for our list um and actually i could have just kept playing and not bothered any of the rest of them loved it i enjoyed Mega Man three and four but i'll be honest the number two just has that spot where uh, it, number two was also the first video game i ever beat so that was the the element when you were sharing about uh, kid acres being your first game Mega Man two was the first game i ever beat so i think that might be another reason it's in such a, a solid place in my memory bank yeah, that, that would be a huge thing to kind of embed it into your brain for your favorite game. Oh, and then when you Beating win, games. you're like the ultimate hero because you don't even kill the bad guy. You just you, you make him feel bad for what he did to you <laughs> and go home. Like, I'm just like, you're such a hero. That's you're the just... first game I have on my honorable mention list. Was uh, nice. nice. Yeah, I the only Mega Man game I ever played when I was a kid was Mega Man 4. I rented it. I found it so hard that I swore off Mega Man from that point <laughs> forward and never played another one to the point that I got as an adult Mega Man 2 and I sold it without even playing it. I sold it for a fortune, by the way, because apparently that game is worth a ton of money. It's it's one of the most popular and most uh, up there with the most copies sold outside of the Mario franchises. Yeah, yeah I uh, I don't know. I, I was a dumb kid and I just didn't, uh, I did not have the patience to figure out what was going on. And I didn't really have any, any friends at the time that were playing Mega Man that I could have maybe picked up on what was going on. Well, I had to pull Mega Man 4 up to look at the, the characters. That's how you remember like the villains that mm -hmm. you had to fight. And that was the one that had fucking Dust Man and Skull Man, which were like impossible to kill. Yeah, I do remember that game sucking horribly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm now going to look at all the different. I made a uh, mistake. Dr. Wily monsters or bosses, I should say. The third one was cool too because you had, um, yeah, Snake Man, Gemini Man. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was yeah. good. I think two and then three are the ones I remember the most. Yeah, yeah. Same here. I remember these two. I didn't mind three 
um, the levels were better. The levels were better in three than the bosses, but the bosses, the characters in two just stand out like quick man and his boomerangs, which is so awesome. You, just, you mash that B button as fast as you could. It was just, ah, oh, yeah, I'm totally awesome. Nostalgia. Well, g- gaining the powers of the, the kind of bosses you beat was, was pretty amazing back then. Yeah. Such a neat idea. And it hits select and then they're all right at your fingertips. Yeah, and then you had to have, fly. Oh yeah, and your like ability to manage your resources in terms of okay, there's that little blue flashing box or you know power up that would give you energy towards whatever weapon you had on at the time, and to actually think about opening your screen and going crap, what weapon will I need later? Like I gotta think about that, and then you had to manage those resources as you went through the level. And then with Doctor Wiley, you needed the ball, so it was such a pain in the ass. You had to really think and maybe like ration everything. So yeah, I just loved it. When you went back and played it, did, I always remembered Mega Man as being like weighted for his jumps. Oh God, yeah, he's like eight thousand pounds. Yeah, he jumps and then he's just cinder block feet. Yeah, it's like Astro Boy without rockets. Yeah, I'm just assuming it was just insane. And, and and you could what was cool though you could um, in this game you could etch him up against the edge of a jump, right? So you could actually get half of his foot off the edge of the block to make the jump, which you you would take the time to do because the bastard was 8 million pounds. Like he just didn't <laughs> jump well. So you really had to do that. It's amazing and, that it's as high as it is on a lot of these lists with, with the m- kind of jumping mechanic being kind of as crap difficult as it is. Yeah. It was just because when you played the other ones, it actually like, it was like a little robot when he jumped, he elevated. They added that feature later on, but then they just made more range of things you had to manage in your jumping. But you go back and play Mega Man 2, like, hold on, he, he's jumping as if it's like me trying to jump off like a ledge to a ledge. I'm going to fucking fall. Yeah, I remember yeah. it being frustrating a bit. Oh, 100%. And just that sound. <laughs> fucking Jesus. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely, I mean, they're they're definitely well-regarded games. Like, I, it's, I, I can't possibly argue that they're, you know, they don't have their fans. I, I know they're, they're super popular. They went on forever. Um, I just, I don't know, I never, I never got into it. But I was just thinking what you guys were talking about it. If they came out with like Mega Man now for kids, like I feel like after you defeated a boss, he would either like eat their heart to collect their power or just rip off the limb that has the weapon. That I can't, I see it being a oh. much more violent game. Dismemberment, <laughs> yeah. dismemberment. You're ripping it right off of them, like mostly because it was tied to their arms in most cases. Yeah, yeah you just be collecting arms and like throwing them in a backpack. You never, as a kid, thought like, how is he gaining these powers? <laughs> and there's like a, a, a behind the scenes where he's like just. <laughs> stepping on the body and pulling the arm off ripping the, like, ripping the circuits out from the inside of the guy's back in his skull yeah Mega like, Man's <laughs> scary the, the back the minions are just carrying the lifeless corpse away like we'll get rid of him oh that's horrifying well okay my pick uh has actually been named already it was the number five pick for somebody oh it's gonna be mine isn't it, it? uh it was one I didn't own this right away, but I had a cousin that had it and I loved playing it, even though it was only one player. I I love the patterns. I love the, the graphics of it, the, the giant for NES giant characters. Uh, yeah, it's Mike Tyson's punch out. Yeah. Punch out for me. I don't know. It's entirely muscle memory. I can pop that game in and it's just I know every pattern for every guy. Well, up to maybe the last two or three and it just comes right back to me the the controls if they weren't 
tight like they are, that game would have been terrible, but it's so responsive and does exactly what you need to do. The the music, uh, as was mentioned, is just earworm again. It just it's it's stuck in your head. And it, again, it was another game that was easy to learn. You could probably beat the first two guys without too much trouble. And then you really had to pick up on the patterns and, and learn the game. So there definitely was that learning curve, but it wasn't so bad. Like I've had games where you can't get past the first level and you're just like, forget it. This is a piece of garbage with punch out. It was, and it's a Nintendo thing. I think like they're very good at that gradual increase of difficulty in most cases. Yeah. One of my point forms for this, for Mike Tyson punch out was the game taught you how to play the game without you knowing like there wasn't a tutorial, mm-hmm. but the early opponents were designed to teach you how to like the mechanics of the game. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, I love that the immersion of like, you're learning how to play the game, but you're not, you don't, you're not aware of it. And then on top of all that, it had a password system. So you didn't have to actually start at the beginning every time. If you, you know, finally made it to, you know, uh, I don't know. King Hippo, for example, and you were stuck at him, you could at least carry on from there. But I don't know, that's a game, like when they came out with the NES Mini, I was so happy that that was on there because anytime I've gone somewhere where they've had one, like I'll always pop that one in. And I don't know what it is about that game. I just, I love it. I go back to it all the time and I have no interest in boxing, like actual boxing. I really don't. But not that this is really anything to do with boxing. It's it's so much about the patterns and figure it's it's almost a puzzle game because you also have to manage your stamina and know how to block. And I don't know, it just again, with these early NES games, some of them were just they just hit on the right things because there isn't much to the game. It's really, you know, it's just it's the same uh, uh, arenas, basically, with different color schemes each time but the characters were really cool and unique very problematic probably nowadays but um <laughs> you know when i did my list up there was a little flip-flopping but it really mike tyson punch out pretty much came to number one pretty early on in my list i will say there is just punch out without mike tyson i've not played it I presume it's exactly the same, except maybe they probably changed the final fight, I guess, or maybe they cut it out. Yeah, the sprite's different. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, I think he's, they just lost the license or didn't want to pay for it anymore. It kind of looks the same, but he's, I think he's white. (laughs) They just whitewashed him. (laughs) (laughs) I think they did. He's got a little bit bit of blood from his chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was an easy one for me to get on, to put on my number one uh, list. Um, we got a little bit of time here. Why don't we flip through quickly some of our honorable mentions? Uh, Steve, you got any others that you had on your list as potentials? I I did like kind of three lists. I did honorable mentions. I did co-op games and sports games. Co-op, co-op games to me, they never like ascended to like the greatest games, but they were like super fun to play. Mm-hmm. Like some of them we've mentioned before. I had Super C on there for co-op. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Double Dragon and Battletoads. Oh like, yeah, Battletoads is on my. Wait, hold on. Yeah. It, the the game that has both in it, or as two separate games? Sorry, I two separate ones. Yeah, like the Double Dragon franchise and the Battletoads. Battletoads was right at the end of NES, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I remember it really having cool graphics. Uh, for sports games, I had uh, Blades of Steel, 
excite bike because it was pretty early on like making your own levels was pretty cool um i don't know if you guys ever played this but you kept bringing up the um konami but base wars yes it's on my list yeah yeah. it's on my list (laughs) that that game loved it yeah i went back it it almost in my top five it really was on the cusp of making top five i played it as a as like an adult on an emulator and i like made a team of players and and played it and i was like this is really fun and <laughs> yeah. like just you, slowly building up to the kind of have like a machine gun and then just <laughs> winning every game like 20 to 1 it was just so stupid but it's it was so great. violent it's yeah. so violent for baseball <laughs> and then the baseball stars was the other yep. kind of yeah i remember that yeah that sports was good. game but for the actual games that were almost on my list i had Mega Man 2 uh, I had Castlevania too, just because I owned it. But it was that was that was a tough game to play as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metal Gear. Ooh. Yeah, that's on my honorable mentions. Uh, Ninja Gaiden. Ooh, another tough one. Yeah. No, that one got thrown in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bionic Commando was really oh, awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Yes. My God, like did we grew up near each other because I had that on my honorable mention as well. Yeah, that was a yeah. great game. But yeah. the, I remember getting to like near the end of the level or end of the game. If you didn't start one of the levels with the bazooka, you were trapped behind a wall and that was it. Like game <laughs> yeah. over. Start, yeah. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> what about you, Adam? Uh, well, most of my honorable mentions actually were in Steve's list, but there's only two other ones that were still floating in the surface that I think are probably a little different. In, in terms of you guys might not have played them. It, um, what was Dodgeball? Dodgeball is on my honorable mentions. Uh, Super Dodgeball. Oh my God. Yeah, Super Dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was such a fun, but yet remarkably violent version of Dodgeball in a lot of ways. But it was really fun. Um, I enjoyed that. I don't remember this game. Look it up. It, it was it was fun. I actually played it last night on the uh, on the emulator. Trying to remember how to do all like the the double tap forward, do the run, and then throw the dodgeball, and they'd all have like the superpower throws and stuff. Yeah, and you just like bean the guy, and then you that you got your point. Oh, okay, I do remember. They this. all look like they're from like River City Ransom or one of those old yeah. uh, games. Yeah. Sorry, was it the same creators as, as Super Spike V Ball? Because I remember that game kind of looked like. Yeah, ultimately that was just the game moved to the beach. Yeah. Yeah, and you weren't beating yeah, they, people with the ball. <laughs> <laughs> not quite but it's close yeah. yeah you still had some of those empowerment things that you did but yeah the dodgeball one was more yeah it was up there um in terms of like base wars and battle toads totally like battle toads if you remember that two-legged monster thing or alien thing you'd beat it and take the stick and beat the crap out of everything yeah. else yeah. so like, you love when that thing showed up like yeah weapons for me to kick the crap out of everybody else so that was certainly fun but you're right near the end of base wars was amazing um, such a violent but yet fun game. Super fun. And I was surprised that like Double Dragon actually didn't make it my, to my mentions and stuff, so I was glad to hear you brought it up because I do think it was a quality game. It just didn't make it in my list. Um, but for me, one that was really close, in fact, it probably would land at six or seven, and this is probably because I was an only child, uh, was Blaster Master. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys remember Blaster Master? Like you got to, to drive the vehicle on a side scroller, then you'd go out and actually do these levels, yeah. and then you you attribute to it. And yeah, it was just even the, the mechanics of driving the the vehicle was what I thought was kind of fun. And then you can get out, and then you had this little character on this. You're so small, but then when you went into uh, you went down into your adventure, down to the things you had to do with the missions, all of a sudden you got a whole new screen, new function. 
it was kind of like a couple of games in one. So that was a game I really enjoyed playing. Never beat it, but I did enjoy it. And the last one I would throw on the list was Maniac Mansion. Ooh, that's a good one. Because it was just, it was the... Uh, did you actually make it to the end of that game, though? Because that was a hard one without, like, a guide of some sort. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't, but it reminded me of the games that I enjoyed on the PC that were much longer, like the King's Quest, Police Quest, mm-hmm. like those types of games that were really long. Maniac Mansion reminded me of that, and, and a lot of the functionality of the game was, you know, a straight copy from the, what was in the PC games at the time. Yeah. So I did appreciate that game and the idea that what it did, but it wasn't enough for me to crack the list. Like it just, it was good, but not, not based on what we discussed, right? Like, you know, and a lot of the games you guys had in your list too, I would say were on the fringe of everything. It's just, where did you land everything? And I think in a week, if we were to have this conversation, my honorable mentions might shift around a little bit more, the more I think about it. I, I definitely don't think I changed my top five. I really don't. They, they, I'm very cemented with those, but everything that brushed up against it was like, just memories, right? The nostalgic piece of you remember playing it. And like, I remember putting a lot of time to that. So it was certainly fun. Yeah. Blaster Master though, I figured that would be an out there one for you guys. I remember that game a lot. Like my brother played that one quite a bit. He suggested that when I was talking to him and like so much, so much of my Nintendo memories is just watching him play. Like I, well, he's an older brother, so you didn't get to go first. Yeah. yeah, And and he was just older and and kind of better at it because, you know, three years from when you're seven to if i was seven and he was 10 like you'd, you'd be that much more cognitive playing a video game oh yeah for sure yeah for me uh i think some of them were mentioned uh i think adam maybe mentioned star tropics uh that one and again i broke that one out the other day that one was interesting because it kind of took the zelda one approach but then kind of cranked it up a bit because even though it was the overhead view the graphics were quite a bit better but then it was really like it was kid oriented in a sense because everything was like you had like your baseball bat or your yo-yo as your weapons but there was boss fights much like the zelda kind of things you went through dungeons the only thing that was really weird about that one that i didn't realize what was going on until i was much later was there was a part you get to the game where it wants a code and if your parents or you lost the manual you were screwed because you actually needed a document that came in the box of the game to punch the code in from that. And if you didn't have it, that was it. You were done. You could not get past that part in the game, which was really irritating until I found the code, I think in like in a game pro or Nintendo power. Um, uh, Dr. Mario. Uh, we played a lot of Dr. Mario. Tetris was on no one's list either. Yeah. Which I was kind of, kind of surprised about that. My wife, my wife killed that for me. <laughs> Because like even when I got an Xbox, she made me buy Tetris. <laughs> you know they got Tetris on this too. Yes, they have Tetris yeah. on everything. Yeah. It's on everything. Yeah, I can't. I can't like it. Uh, so I had Zelda two, uh, my honorable mentions, uh, and then lastly, maybe an oddball one. I had Rescue the uh, Embassy <gasps> mission, which I did the first the first time you get to be a sniper which i did post uh on our instagram this morning i think it was i saw that and i didn't i didn't know what game it was that game was really it's sort of ahead of its time because it's very much like almost like a rainbow six game but for the nes and it was broken up into a couple parts so you did the first part where you had to sneak into the building and there were searchlights and if you got caught by the searchlights you get shots you have to hide in the alleys or or duck and or roll or crawl across the ground you got to get your guys in if they don't all make it in then you're short guys for the next part 
The next part was the sniper part that Adam's talking about. You're viewing from the sniper, the the building across the street. You got to see if you can take out some of the terrorists through the windows. Then you, in what is somehow the hardest part of the whole game, you have to then rappel down the side of the building to one of the windows. And if you didn't know how to rappel, you would just fall to your death immediately. (laughs) You'd smash through the window. And then it became a first person shooter on the NES. Like it was one screen at a time, but it was first person view. And you, you were basically taking out the hostages. You had a little map or not the hostages. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) You don't win that. You didn't didn't do well. Uh, No, actually (laughs) game's really hard. I keep losing. Yeah. But you have the little map and and it shows you where the guys are and how many guys are on each. There's three floors to the building. So if you had all your guys make it to the sniper spot, then you could sniper from three different sides of the building. Any of the terrorists you took out from there then aren't in the first person spot. So it's easier there. And you, you rescue the hostages and take out the guys and that's it. I think you have like 15 minutes in real time to do all of that. And if you don't do it, then they win. You kill the hostages. You get a different ending depending on if you have guys that make it or if your hostages don't live. It was a really unique game. Very ambitious for an NES game. It's super short, though. I guess that's the downside to it. And you're through it pretty quickly. Yeah, I do remember that not being a long game and and, and thinking that you did something wrong. Yeah. And then uh, I Excite Bike was mentioned. I had that on my list. Uh, Dodgeball was on, and Blades of Steel uh, I had on as well. Blades of Steel still holds up, although my god, controlling the goalie when the puck is near the goalie, and you also want to control your defenseman, is the most insanely difficult thing to do because you're controlling the goalie and the defenseman at the same time. Yeah, I, I, for me, for hockey, it, it was the original ice hockey, but I just still didn't really put it that high in the list. Yeah. Yeah, I think I played ice hockey more than than uh, Blades of Steel, but or maybe I enjoyed ice hockey more, but played Blades of Steel more because more people had Blades of Steel. Yeah, because they had fighting in it, kind of. Yeah, I like I, I like the flow of ice hockey better. That was the for me like it was smoother in yeah. terms of moving the puck through and stuff. And I don't know, I just liked it better. Blades of Steel really was just designed about ramming into each other as much as you could. Well, and just like real hockey, if you if you lose the fight, you go to the penalty box. But if you win, you get to stay in the game. That's how that works, right? Yeah, I love it that. Confused a lot of kids, I'm sure, that didn't play in, sports. At least in base wars, like they were blowing the, the shit up out of each other, so you expected the punishment yeah. to be like you get tagged out. I love like, how that game, like you get get tagged. It's like, no, 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 not yet. <laughs> There's still a chance. You, you got to a point in that game where like you bunt the ball and you just go to first and like kill the robot, go to second, kill the robot, go to third, kill the robot, and then get home. Like you were just so overpowered. <laughs> the laser sword, you could just hold it against the guy and like he'd vibrate to death. So like halfway through the season, you you just become like a Goliath and never lose another game. It was so fun as an only child who wasn't great at sports. That I loved that game. It's a great game. Well, I imagine uh, by now any of the listeners have probably, if they are interested, have made a good list of uh, games to play. I know I've made a couple that I've marked down. I'm gonna go and check out, namely Base Wars because I haven't played that in forever. And uh, I'm gonna go back and try. Uh, kid icarus because i never really played that one as a kid so i'm gonna see how that goes nice. you know what's crazy is uh i've had more success with the emulator on my phone than my computer 
and it's it's to be honest with you, it's very smooth, and uh, quite frankly, it reminds you of the Nintendo controller. So using your phone for it, if yeah, you, if you're just you know thinking of revisiting some of these things. I, I certainly challenge you to just uh, go to Play Store, and if you're an Apple provider, I don't know, you know, I'm sure they're probably the same apps, but you know, try it out. You'd be surprised. Like a lot of them come preloaded with games, and it's like 30 megs for 100 games. Uh, so there's plenty of opportunity. It doesn't take up much space, and try it. And you don't, you know, these are these are fun games to revisit, and you don't need your uh, Wi-Fi once you've got them on your phone. Yeah, uh, you know, they're. It might be questionable legality as to you know what what is and that. is not legal on the emulators, but uh, we're not uh, telling you where to get them. We're just saying they're available. Yeah, they're out there. Yeah, exactly. There's just type in NES and uh, on your search, and you'll find little games that are made that are full of games to play. And you know what? If they got four point nine stars and four point five stars with you know a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, a million users. Look, if they were going to get sued and put in jail, it would have already happened. I got a pretty good question. What do you think is maybe the most popular game that none of us had on the list? Ooh. Like franchise, I guess. Maybe series. I mean, I guess the first Castlevania not being on the list. No, that, that... but we got the franchise. We got the okay, franchise. the franchise. Yeah, okay. Nobody had a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, that might be. Oh, Metroid. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I never I played, fan, played that one. No, it, I didn't play Metroid until the Super Nintendo. And then that, you know, once you played it Super Nintendo, you were not going back to play it on NES. No. No, because kind of once you went there, you were done. River City Ransom, I think, Matt, you said that. There, I mean, there's a lot of games that I liked, but I'm not necessarily surprised they didn't show up, so I don't know how popular they were. Like... um you do like weird video games. Well, uh, I don't know about that, but I'm just saying there's... there's... You, played, you played that game on Dreamcast where you raised a tadpole into a frog. Oh, I know that game. Yeah, and I did it twice, and so what? Yeah. <laughs> you, you talked to it. <laughs> and I do it again. I did. You talk You talk to this thing through your dream. Quiet, he'll hear you. What other big ones? Oh, we mentioned like Tetris didn't get brought up, but I guess that's... that. I mean, I don't know how big that was on the Nintendo. Definitely like Game Boy. It was huge. Yeah, I remember it on Game Boy for sure. And it's such a like it's a it's a great game, but it, it I think it's very finite from the get go. Like there's no, no one sitting here going like, yeah, the character development in Tetris, which is <laughs> off the charts. <laughs> like, no, very true. I, I'm just I'm, I'm burning through. A couple I honestly of think we touched it. on most of the big franchises, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, Ninja Gaiden was the only... No, he mentioned... No that was an honorable... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon Warrior, yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. I think I think we kind of hit the big... Oh, Batman. The original Batman. Yes. Uh, my my brother uh, beat that one. That was a huge game for that's him That's a huge beat. game to beat. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I have it, and it was one of my early games, but it, I found it real hard, and I, I, I... Yeah, it didn't quite make my list. Kirby. Kirby's Adventures. Yeah, it's a pretty big franchise. I think that was a was that a later one though? Because I don't. It was later, but it was a big. Remember franchise. anybody that I knew? Yeah, I think me. it kind of just is like Battletoads came out right before the Super Nintendo kind of. Yeah. yeah. Last in. couple, and they and then they put out the Super Nintendo versions not long after. It's, yeah, so Kirby for NES came out in 1993. So like yeah. that's 
the last that's super late like i think yeah. there's a ducktales 2 same thing it was like 1993 or something like nobody had it because it came out so late yeah other than adventure island was another one. Oh it yeah yeah no, that was a good it had a first but the second one was the better one because that was when you got to ride the different dinosaurs. yeah but i think there was like three or three of them on the nes wasn't there at least wasn't that like super popular on sega uh yeah so that's or am i thinking of a different no, game what that happened nope. if i remember correctly i think it started out it was an arcade game and somewhere it split because there's adventure island and then there's um the hell is it uh monster boy or monster world or something like that one of them was more of an adventure game one was more like a rpg kind of thing but yeah i don't know i guess like maybe some of the arcade games like donkey kong bomberman was a big title yeah when you look at like i guess games from like 1985 to 1987 like kung fu was an 85 game the the one you just said like excite bite was on Mm -hmm. there like a lot of the early games have kind of they're there because they were the first games, but like the, just between, you know, 1985 to 1987, those games got easily like yeah. crushed. Well, look how, look how like tiny tune adventures came along and super C and like that, that they like, just at two to three years later, they was completely changed what yeah. they looked like and were able to do. Yeah. Cause even the boxes looked a certain way from the introductory year, right. They had a certain look to them. And then they started, all of a sudden, they started having images on the boxes that were, you know, trying to appeal to your title. Otherwise, they were just trying to make it look like the game. Oh, here's Fabio on the cover of Wizards of Warrior <laughs> I know, 2. I know, that too. <laughs> awesome. Sold. Yeah, it was, you know, this is such a nostalgic, such a fun place to go back to, because these were, you know, these were a lot of good games. And also, I'm reminded as I'm going through this, how many freaking video games I played just on this system alone. That's a crazy thing because like almost every one of these games I remember like playing at some point. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's definitely I don't I, I imagine it's not the same, obviously now, but that aspect of trading with your friends or trading with kids at school and renting games. Like, I think that was such a big part, even trading like some family members, as Adam mentioned. I think mm-hmm. that was definitely a big part of how you played. It's not like yeah. now where I can go on like steam and just any game i'm looking for just type it in i could download it if i wanted it you you had to physically find a copy of it renting a video game was is is such an experience that doesn't exist anymore it's like skydiving because it it, it could go one of two ways it's like this game is either going to be fantastic and i'm going to land this parachute perfectly or this is going to be a dud and i'm stuck with it for the next you know 48 hours or whatever going to this going to like corner store with your friend and like (laughs) reading the back of the box and being like this is going to be a great game it was such an investment too because it was like four or five bucks you know well three something in the beginning i think 347 if i remember correctly or something like that it's amazing as a child what you remember because you would actually count the change for it (laughs) hey you get the rental and you walk back you're right it was it was such an investment and then it was the going back to the corner store to be like, look, I know you want me to bring it back, but here's 347. Can I just. <laughs> I need it longer. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, there's a hold on it. A hold. Who is it? <laughs> yeah, who's that bastard? There's only four of us around here to play video games. Who, who is it? Well, just to, to illustrate how popular it was, I mean, I'm sure Adam will probably remember this, I think. There was a time where you could, um, in, in Beaudley, you could rent Nintendo games at the. Uh, supermarket. You yeah. could rent Nintendo games at one of the bait and tackle stores. You yep. could rent Nintendo games at one of the restaurants. Uh, like 
It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, like what? Those actually were the only three places that had customers and people that sold things. In I, I guess. So it, that, even, that even says more. Other than the pizza place, which was the only other place that sold goods and the liquor store, those are the only two places that existed that sold things to people that didn't have video games. A bait and tackle shop. <laughs> hey, can I interest you in a Nintendo game rental? Oh, yeah, sure. Like they had a whole – They actually, they had one of the better selections for a while. Yeah, someone thought that through. But that's because he had a teenage kid. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, this was great. This is uh, this is awesome. Th- uh, thank you so much, Steve, for joining us. And uh, I think now is a good time for you to let everybody know where they can find all your music and what you're up to. Um, just basically what you said, uh, SW Jones Music, uh, all one word on YouTube. All right, right on. And yeah, have you got uh, any hints of any projects coming up? Anything you're working on that you can tell us about? Uh, I have an original that's going to be coming out pretty soon that I'm really proud of. It sounds pretty, I guess my brother said it's kind of like Lord of the Rings slash Hans Zimmer. So that's pretty cool. Wow. That's a, yeah. Yeah. cool. Uh, I also did a cover of, uh, kind of a, a game that might actually really apply to NES that you might have heard of Undertale. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did a I did a tune from an Undertale, or I did a song from Undertale, and I might be doing a playthrough for that one as well. So, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah definitely check out Steve's uh, videos because it's not only you know it's amazing the, the music that's being made, but then some of them you're you're actually putting together essentially a music video, and or some of them are performance videos, which is really cool to watch. Uh, I, and I was thoroughly impressed by the ones i've seen so far thank you yeah it's great man i i love i just put your list on and play while i play video games like i said and i'm so glad that you keep adding to it because in the early days it was just two of them over and over so now <laughs> <laughs> there's a hell of a lot more which is great well i do like there's a bunch of different like i, I got like cinematic stuff i have kind of like metal stuff i have video game music it, there's quite a range like it's i don't just stick to kind of one genre this is so cool. And folks, just 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 for for you know for me, anyways. And this is literally just for me. But I, I remember grade eight when you got your guitar, <laughs> you know, your mushroom cut, your Blue Jays jacket, and your guitar. And to watch what you do with music, man, folks, like the dedication this man has had to music, and particularly the guitar, but it, it, and now his expansion into music. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a, a natural talent to you, but I think there's as much as there's a talent in there, there's so much fucking hard work you've always committed to it. So it really resonates, man. And it's just so cool. And to think if I picked wizards and warriors, I could have been like a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. What could have been? I'll say you can also follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. We're at happy Zen podcast and we are www.happyzen.com for all the show information and all the back episodes. So thanks again, Steve, for joining us. And uh, awesome stuff. Adam, got anything left? Are you good? Nothing. And I'm so glad you edit in our sponsors. So just remember, you heard about our sponsors. Visit our sponsors. Yes, whatever they might be at the time of this recording. <laughs> all right, take it easy. Cheers. Later. Later.